Good morning on a very rainy and mean-spirited day. Um, this is Citizens Gone Wild, and I'm in a bit of a poor mood because of what's been happening lately, <clears throat> where uh, Jewish people tend to be attacked quite frequently. Um, uh, recently, two days ago, they were attacked up in a place called Muncie, New York, where they have some ultra-Orthodox people who were celebrating Hanukkah. And before that, there was the uh, incident in uh, Jersey City, and before that, and before that, and before that. Uh, I wanted to focus on the air in an area that might seem a little unlikely, but I hope it won't be at the end, and that is uh, free speech. Um, there has been a lot of uh, attacks on Jews, and the ones we are mainly worried about are the hate crimes, especially the physical hate crimes where people try and knife and kill or shoot and kill Jews. Um, but there's something else that is also, I think, providing a certain background for these people, creating a kind of a cloud of it's okay to say or do things about Jews. And I'd also like to talk about the lack of uh, political responses other than people saying, we're against all hate, or uh, we're gonna put more police on your block. Uh, there might be an easy way to deal with at least part of this newfound uh, anti-Semitism. Um, I was gonna write the following letter to um, the governor of New Jersey, but I decided to hold off, and it's a good thing I did. Um, one of the things that's been happening recent, in recent years, the last 5, 10, 20 years, has been there's a, a certain hostility to uh, Jews slash Israelis uh, that is evident on college campuses. This is part of a general hostility on college campuses toward um, Western civilization and uh, the M American interpretation of Western civilization. And uh, this includes, I think, a good deal of hostility uh, toward Jews, uh, either because that's what Judaism is one of the foundations of it, of Western civilization. Uh, someone once said that you could basically con uh, set up Western civilization as this story of three cities, uh, Athens, Jerusalem, and Rome, and there's some truth to that. On college campuses, there's a general disdain for Western civilization, and those who were prominent in Western civilization, which is a lot of white people. There is uh, uh, several ways that this comes out. Some of it's subtle, some of it not so subtle. And one thing is uh, you don't cover Western civilization. It used to be standard operating procedure. The way you went to college and you learned about Western civilization, you usually had at least a two-semester course on Western civilization. And there were jokes about how someone looked up one time and missed the entire Renaissance. But the idea was that being educated meant 
being educated about Western civilization. That was one of the main goals of a college education, to learn about and pass on and live by the ideals of Western civilization. Nowadays, um, Western civilization, either they just let you have one semester um, or they don't have it at all. The idea is that the people who are there don't think much of Western civilization. And they're not too crazy about countries such as Israel that represent Western civilization in a non-Western part of the world, the Middle East. Um, the opposition to Western civilization can be seen in that it's not taught, or taught just briefly. Um, it's also um, the idea of logic and reason are disdained by some, usually those in departments of English, because they are considered Euro uh, logic, Euro reason. That is, they come from Western civilization and therefore uh, might not be worth that much. Uh, of course, in business or science, uh, they don't take this attitude, otherwise the darn bridges would fall down. There is a general indifference or hostility toward Israel, and I think it's mainly toward Jews. Israel has become the Jew of the 21st century, in effect, and uh, a lot of the complaints and distortions about Israel um, are part of the picture that's painted on college campuses. No one comes out and says, kill the damn Jews. Uh, that's considered passe. But a lot of people come out with unreasonable and unfair criticisms of Israel. And mainly, you just don't hear that much positive about Israel. And it's kind of a fake news situation in that you don't tell people the other side of the story. If there is an outside speaker or an inside speaker and they're dealing with the Middle East, uh, they don't give Israel a fair shake. Um, if there's a problem in, let's say, a town like Hebron, uh, they don't give you the background, which is there was an anti-Jewish riot where dozens of Jews were murdered, just basically beaten to death in Hebron years ago. There are things that they just don't mention. Uh, the Israeli military are often criticized on college campuses, and yet the Israeli military, if anything, is too humane. Um, when the Israeli military are going to bomb a building, they first either call up, yes, they call up uh, the people in the building, tell them to get out, they're going to bomb it, which is, I think, a stupid military move, or they ignite a kind of a loud firecracker on the roof so the people have fled up to the roof for safety can run out of the building knowing that this is the pre-warning that the Israelis do. I don't know of any other military in the history of the planet that has done something like this that has been so goddamn humane and seemingly is punished for that. The whole background, the whole cloud that envelops the universities nowadays is definitely hostile to I would say to Jews, although it sometimes is disguised as hostility to Israel. 
Not to say Israel is perfect, it's not, but when it comes to the use of their military, they're more perfect than anyone else that I know of. Now, um, when you try and argue with these people, you run into a problem. And um, basically what it is is the, the anti-Israel people have the same attitude as the Nazis have. When you could still argue with the Nazis in Germany and you would corner them rhetorically, you would point out an inconsistency or a lack of logic, the Nazis would say, we don't care. We think with our blood. And the people who are hostile to Israel in effect, take the same stance, the stance that they think with their blood, that logic, reason, even pictures mean very little to them. They may take a brief look or a listen, and then they just go back to saying what they were saying before here. What does that have to do with anything in New Jersey? This is what it has to do with. New Jersey, uh, the main course university is Rutgers University in New Brunswick. And there they have a professor, Puar, who um, is paid a tidy sum with a lot of benefits. And what her point of view toward Jews is that Jews are sort of the devil incarnate. Uh, she says that Jews, Israelis, steal body parts from Palestinians. Uh, just a grotesque medieval uh, notion that you certainly wouldn't expect from anyone, uh, not even the Ku Klux Klan, but that they hold with. And um, she also says that the Israeli soldiers deliberately shoot to maim um, and not kill because maiming takes more resources out of this poor community of people, uh, the Palestinians. They actually say this like this, and they say it repeatedly. And they say a hundred thousand other things about Israel, none of which are complimentary. And the question is, for me, should I be forced to pay people to, in effect, spit in my face and threaten my children? And so far, no one has done anything about this. The president of the University of Rutgers University has said that Professor Puhar is a world-class scholar. I don't know in which world this would be taking place. Um, other people say, well, you know, she has freedom of speech, and so we can't do anything. I'm here to propose to you that we can do something. That we're not talking, we're not even talking in a certain angle of looking at this, at free speech, we're talking about free lunch. Should she be free to say something like this? Possibly, possibly, although I would say not. But, um, I, but still, the question is not whether she should be free to say this, the question is, should I have to pay her to say this? Um, I think it's obvious to most people who say free speech, free speech, they know darn well that someone who said this about any other group would not have been hired. Can you imagine hiring a, a black professor who said that uh, white people are stealing body parts or black people are stealing body parts or hiring anyone 
who would say any other group is stealing body parts, assuming they're not stealing body parts, of course. Um, I think a person who had this sort of an attitude toward any other group would never have been rehired one, two, three, four, five, six, seven times until she got tenure. Tenure is um, a, a situation you can come into when you're an academic. And after you've been tried out, so to speak, you can get tenure, which means pretty much absolute job security. Uh, certainly a person who had this vile attitude toward any other group uh, would not have been hired, not rehired, would never have been given tenure, and would certainly have never been given extra money to say something like this. And there's something else. Free speech is not absolute. It never has been, it never will be, it never can be. I would say that people who tell vile lies about any vulnerable group, such as Jews, is not entitled to be paid money to continue to say these lies. People who threaten Jews might, I think, be breaking the law with such threats. Isn't there a law against terroristic threatening? My question to Governor Murphy is this. Will he do the right thing and line-item veto the entire department that hired her, rehired her seven times, gave her tenure and extra money to spread her lies? Or will he hide in the free speech hidey hole? That's what a lot of people do when they're faced with this situation on college campuses. For some reason, um, people, even strong politicians, when faced with uh, such situations of uh, doing something about a particular professor, say, well, I can't do anything. It's a matter of free speech. Sometimes it is. Sometimes it is not. Recently, Governor Cuomo, a good man, uh, said that the, your actions, the actions of the people who... Uh, of the man who knifed uh, people at the Hanukkah party in Muncie, New York, will not go unpunished. The, the fact of the matter is, yes, they will. They will go unpunished. Um, I wanted to add on to this broadcast uh, some information about free speech. So if this issue, with God's help, um, becomes a cause in New Jersey, you'll be better equipped to deal with it. There is no such thing as absolute free speech. There never has been. There never will be. But there are certain areas that you need to be aware of. Certain areas where if you do or say something, you just might be liable. And you might even go to prison for it. The first area uh, that's of interest to us is uh, obscenity, which means sex. Uh, there are a lot of cases regarding sex and censorship and free speech. Most of these issues revolve around something that you see, a film or something that is written, a book or pamphlet. Um, obscenity is not protected by the Constitution. However, the big question here is what the hell is obscenity? The court has fiddled around with this issue for a long time, 
and uh, it came up with a three-part decision in something called Miller versus California in 1973. This issue um, came up, and uh, they said that the, here should, is the average person applying contemporary community standards. Would they find that the materials appear appeals to purient interest, sexual desire? Uh, since that time. People have decided that, one, we can't decide what we're, we'll allow and we can't allow. We've also decided that another part of this uh, idea of um, whether something should be allowed, um, it, it emphasizes whether or not the material lacks serious literary, artistic, political, or scientific value, which hardly anyone can decide. And there are also some additional rules regarding broadcasting. Thus, uh, such important issues as Nipplegate and things like that. Basically, the American people have decided that practically there's practically nothing that is obscene anymore. That is nothing of a sexual nature that should be um, censored. And if you want to show it, act it out, do whatever you want, um, we're not going to bother you very much, if at all. Now, there is some times when we bother people. Uh, if the people in the film, for example, are under a certain age, we bother them. Uh, if they say things on air, we bother them. Uh, that's why the people in the broadcast uh, will avoid cursing. So the sexual nature plays into this area, although we've gotten pretty darn tolerant in this area. The second area where you can uh, censor, possibly, is when it's lying. You're not allowed to lie under oath in a court of law, for example. You're not allowed to lie to authorized investigators. That issue has come up in recent years because of the investigation into the activities of President Trump. If you lie to the FBI investigators, well, you might well be in trouble, as are a number of people. Um, uh, politicians can say a lot, uh, pretty much anything, really. Um, and citizens can say a lot when criticizing their politicians. That way, everyone can be happy. Um, now, violence is a different issue. What about making offensive remarks or personal insults um, about people? Well, this is a tricky area. Uh, you can't say something that will immediately lead to a fight. If you're sitting in a bar and you say something really mean about the other fellow's mommy, you can't call on the police for protection when the guy hits you in the mouth. You're not allowed to threaten a specific person unless you're making a, a, an obvious exaggeration, like, I'm going to kill you if you drink more of that Coke. And there's a gray area about saying things that cause severe emotional distress or incite others to immediate lawless action. Those last three words, immediate lawless actions, are a quote from a case. 
Uh, we don't have a lot of cases like this coming um, to fruition in a court. Uh, when it comes to violent overthrow of the government, we had a problem with that in the past. But um, nowadays, you're pretty much allowed to say anything about the government as, so, as long as there's no threat of imminent action being taken. In other words, you can curse out the government all you want, but if you're going down Pennsylvania Avenue and get kind of close to 1600, Pennsylvania Avenue, where the White House is, the police might come out to greet you. Um, the protection of free speech, it should be understood, puts boundaries on um, mainly on the government. Uh, the government, we try and stop the government from stopping your right to free speech. That's what we're interested in mainly. That's what the Founding Fathers thought about. That's what they were interested in, mainly. Um, you don't have that much right to free speech if you're in someone else's home or in a private setting or in a place of business. Keep this in mind. Um, free speech rights, um, you don't have a lot of them in, in the workplace. Uh, the Constitution's right to free speech applies mainly to the government. When they're trying to restrict it, we'll step in and protect your right to free speech. Uh, but otherwise, you're on your own, Bubby. In fact, the Supreme Court, in a, in a case in 1976, said that the Constitution prohibits government employees for discharging or demoting employees for supporting a particular political candidate. You can't do that. I know a lot of people are thinking of doing that now. Well, you can't. Um, some changes have taken place regarding the law and discrimination and sexual harassment. The law prohibits speech in, private, in the private sector that shows a clear intent to discriminate or sexually harass. And this is the source of a lot of the cases that you may be hearing about if you watch the news a lot or listen to the news or even read something. Now, expressing your own thoughts. You can, we have an enormous amount of free speech. People from other countries are just absolutely flabbergasted at what we allow people to say. Uh, but not in every way. That is, there are restrictions regarding time, place, and manner. Uh, let me give you an example. You have the right to uh, curse out the president if you want to, as loudly as you wish, and even using loudspeakers, I suppose. But you are not allowed to come down my street at 2 o'clock in the morning, blasting away your hatred of whoever is president at that particular time. Uh, there are certain places that are considered appropriate and certain places uh, that are not. Um, you have a right to free speech. My question here is, do you have a right to free lunch? And I hope some of these ideas that I put forth will help you in your thinking when, if I am correct, if I, and I am hopeful, this becomes an issue in the next gubernatorial election. I would like very much to hear 
what people have to say about this. I would like to hear what the uh, current governor and uh, his rival in the upcoming gubernatorial election have to say. Um, I know for some people this will sound like special pleading, I'm Jewish, I want something done to protect Jews. But, you know, the things that are done to protect Jews also protect everyone else. And uh, the fact that Jews need protection more often than other people is another question that we'll take up at another time. I thank you for listening, and I hope this information is of use to you in the near future.